0: listening to Dagon's Illusion. Episode 2. Idiot. Circles. The idiot child was drawing circles. Squatting in a corner of the shack, wearing only a filthy t-shirt, his body crimped from endless huddling, his skin caked with dirt and dried feces, he drew circles. Beneath him, the cracks in the floor were large enough to see the sluggish water of the bayou as it seethed with mosquito larvae. Heaped around him were stacks of old newspapers. Gripped in his small fist was an ancient ballpoint pen. With grave intensity, he repeated the same action over and over. Tear off a sheet of newspaper, lay it down, smooth it flat, and draw. A cockroach slithered from the newspapers onto the child's bare leg. He took no notice. Nothing could break his fearsome, blank-faced concentration. Circles. A four-year-old boy creating perfect circles. Not one, not ten, not hundreds, thousands. And the circles were not left empty in the middle of each he drew a perfect square and in the square intertwining lines and dots dashes and loops in a complex mass without the slightest variation there was a knock on a door then came men's voices mr delacroix yes yes so you found us we did indeed i'm alton france this is my colleague dr jack carson's come in a screen door opened then shut That is the child? That be him. May we take a look? Oh, yes, you look all you want. Footsteps crossed the wooden floor and stopped. A handsome silver-haired man in his late fifties, wearing an Armani suit, bent down to scrutinize the child. With him was a much younger man, rail-thin, wearing a khaki shirt and trousers, whose narrow face was framed in a mass of carefully coiffed black hair that hung at shoulder length. The boy didn't look up at them. He just kept drawing. When was he born? The silver-haired man picked up one of the drawings. Born, born, maybe I think about March 1980. The owner of the shack was so filthy and gaunt that it was hard to tell his age. Greasy strands of dark hair stuck to his forehead. His clothes looked as though they had never been washed. You're not sure of the date? March in the middle. March 20, yes. That that, 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 that day. And the time, what was the exact time of his birth? Why you need to know that? Delacroix's lips seemed stuck in a perpetual gap-toothed grin, but in his black eyes there was cunning. Just tell us, please. Hard to remember. Maybe about two thirty in the morning. What is his name? Oh, I just call him Boy, that's all. Just Boy. Not that he answer to it. Who? he know he don't answer to nothing. You didn't give him a name? Why should I for now? No reason to it. I'm an idiot. Alton France rose and turned to his colleague. Jack, here is one of those anthropological oddities that make our species so fascinating. People give names to their pigs and dogs. They give names to their cars and boats. But Mr. Delacroix didn't see fit to name his child. The gapped toothed grin vanished in a flash of anger. But instantly it came back. "'What you take now? You take there be something wrong with boy? My daddy called me boy to the day he die. Who he did? And I tell you, you get more out of a pig or dog, lot more out of a boat, than this little idiot. Lord, it be so.' The black eyes narrowed into glittering slits. "'Now we got a deal or what?' Taking a long drag on a stub of cigarette, he blew the smoke in the child's direction. How long has he been drawing this way? Oh, long time. It never changes. Just like there, you see, over and over and over, same thing. Take away the newspaper and he scream like a demon, Lord, he do. His mother is dead. Wiping his mouth on a grimy sleeve, the man nodded. Break my heart. Burton. him, she pass away, right over there. He jerked his thumb toward a pile of filthy blankets on an old mattress. And his mother was your daughter. Only child, that was her. Myself I buried that Sweet thing. Do it all alone, <laughs> den I cry. Yes, I'm sure you did. So how did you manage to care for a newborn infant, Mr. Delacroix? Did you reach deep within yourself and discover some hidden maternal instinct? The grin returned. "'Sweet Jesus, Lord, I pray, and he show me! Hadn't me couple of bitches that just dropped pups, got rid of the pups, and let him nurse on em that's what I do!' France smiled at his colleague. "'Amazing! Such feral creativity! Millions of years of evolution, and this is what we get!' The primitive mind is ingenious. With all of our sophistication, would either you or I have thought of letting a hungry child suck on dogs? Carson's grimaced. I suppose there is a mythological component to it as well. Think about it, Jack. This could be an answer for starving infants all over the world. Ah, you're right. The law of unintended consequences stymies us again. Taking all of this as a vast compliment, Delacroix beamed. "'Course do I know back then that the mind in him was idiot?' "'No, I do not. "'If I know dat lore, maybe I would have kept the pups!' (laughs) He laughed uproariously, and was surprised when his guests didn't join him. France stared at the child. "'The boy's father. "'Where is he?' "'Oh, he long time gone, not hear nothing about him forever. No, no, take maybe he die.' The man's eyes dropped to the floor. "'Did you know him well?' "'No, he just passin' through. Give him a place to stay, and he do dis to me. Never see him again, but if I do, hoo "'Look at me, sir.' There was an eerie quietness in Francis' voice. Instantly Delacroix's head snapped back as though an unseen force had jerked his greasy hair. That's better. I like for people to look at me when I speak to them. Now listen carefully. Each of my questions is very important and must be answered with absolute truthfulness. Anything less will have terrible consequences. Do you understand? An odd twitch appeared in Delacroix's left eye. I said, do you understand? Sure, okay. Excellent. So let's begin. You are the child's father, aren't you? What? Oh, Oh, wasn't I clear? Shall I repeat the question? That child, sitting in his own feces, is your son, isn't he? Why, you say something like that! I say that because what you just told me was a lie. The truth is that you raped your daughter, and the child is yours. Rape! You say rape! The man's whole face began to twitch, but the silky voice was relentless. Why feign surprise? Did you think that such a vile act could remain hidden forever? That's not the way the universe is structured, my friend. So why not just admit what you did? You raped your own flesh and blood... And because of that, she died. Out of Delacroix's mouth came gasping croaks. Those, those words! In my house you say those words! As a matter of fact, I do. Right here in the hovel where the crime was committed. With a roar, Delacroix stumbled across the room and grabbed an axe. Screaming curses, he started to swing it. Neither of the men even flinched. Calmly, Alton France lifted his hand. Something small and black was attached to his palm. There was a tiny flash, and the owner of the shack dropped to the floor. Twisting into a knot, he gagged. Patiently, France murmured, All right, take a deep breath. Another, and another. Excellent. Mr. Delacroix, this would be a good time to initiate some much-needed character adjustments, because I assure you there is no end to the suffering that I can inflict. So let's begin again. I shall restate the question, and this time you will answer it with a pure-hearted dedication to absolute truthfulness. The child is the result of incest, isn't he? Silence. I don't like waiting, Mr. Delacroix. Yes! Yes! God forgive me! Let's leave God out of it. But we are off to a good start. The next question. Because he is your son by incest, you didn't bother reporting either his birth or your daughter's death to the proper authorities. Isn't that correct? Holy God! You are the devil! No. Just a man who understands the intricacies of human nature... How old was she when she died? Fifteen, fifteen, 15 Fifteen. Died in childbirth at fifteen because of the vileness of her own father. And then this despicable insect doesn't even bother to give their little son a name. Could the degradation grow any worse? Oh, indeed it could, and it has. After four years of neglect, this piece of human excrement wants to sell his son to total strangers, "'who might do anything to him. "'But does he care?' "'Of course not. "'He wants the money.' "'The heap on the floor was racked with sobs. "'God, God, forgive me. God, forgive me.' (laughs) "'France bent close. "'In gentle, fatherly tones, he replied, "'Mr. Delacroix, surely you are capable of some tiny shred of logic. "'Put yourself in God's position.' Would you forgive someone like you? Never! Don't you remember what those exemplary nuns taught in school? God is so holy that he can't even look upon evil, and you have committed several unpardonable sins. So don't waste your breath on ridiculous supplications. Now stop whining or you will suffer even more. Did she have any last words? (laughs) What? Did your daughter have any last words before she died? No, no, she'd not say nothing. Really? Somehow that seems difficult to believe. A young girl is in agony, bleeding to death, losing her life because her father raped her, and she says nothing? Think, man, didn't she curse you? She had every reason to damn your soul. No, she not like that, not her, sweet child. Never curse, even when terrible things I do. She just cry, cry and pray. Pray. There was the slightest quiver in the silky voice. France exchanged a look with Carson's. While she die, she pray for me. For me, and for the baby. In heaven she is, sweet thing. Me, I go to hell. France turned away, and Jack Carsons met over the man. As he stared down, his long black hair seemed to isolate his head from the rest of his body. All right, Mr. Delacroix, stop blubbering. We won't bother you much longer. Who else knows the child exists? Who else has seen him? Nobody. Oh, come now. He's four years old. How could he live four years with only you knowing about him? Delacroix struggled to his knees. "'This place far out long, you see. "'Nobody round, not miles and miles. "'Okay, old woman LePont, she know, only her. "'Obviously we are aware of Mrs. LaPonce, "'since she is the one who came to us. "'You swear there's no one else?' "'Dear God, Laura, I swear.' "'Carsons turned to France and shrugged. "'But the older man wasn't satisfied. "'He's lying again, Jack. "'There is someone else. "'I can feel it. "'Speak up, Mr. Delacroix, "'or you will suffer far more. Oh, God, oh, God, Lord help me. Shaking, the pitiful man backed into a corner. There's nobody, I swear. There's something in your mind. We want to know everything. Don't know, maybe a dream, just a dream. A dream? Tell us about this dream. I woke up. Night in the middle, big moon, lass. I sit up, something look in that window. What was it? Glowy, ghosty ting. It's staring down at the boy, and he's staring back, not saying nothin', nothin' at all. What did it look like? Describe it. Maybe they have long hair. Not sure. What was it wearing? Couldn't tell. Too misty. So in this dream, what happened next? It look at me, oh, sweet Jesus, all over. Make me shake. It raise its hand and do like this. He formed a circle with his finger and thumb and held it up to his eye. Then, nothing do I know till I wake up next morning. That's it, God's truth. I think maybe it was an angel. France took out a thick wallet. I'll give you five hundred dollars. Pulling out five one hundred dollar bills, he dropped them one by one to the floor. As they floated down, Delacroix stared at them. Suddenly, his eyes grew wide and he began shaking. Good! <laughs> "'No, Words in my head right now, she tell me! Our little boy! I sell him! I'd go to hell!' "'How could you contemplate going anywhere else? "'While you await entry into hell, you might as well enjoy your money, buy yourself a boat, or maybe a pig!' "'Walking over, France scooped up the child in one arm and a pile of drawings in the other. With inscrutable eyes, the little boy stared at him, but didn't utter a sound. Delacroix struggled to his feet. No, not do it, not sell it! Oh, really? Did you think we came to this stinking hole to go away empty-handed? Our agreement was consummated the moment we stepped through the door. Have a pleasant day, sir. I said not sell it! Put him down! Delacroix grabbed the Armani suit. Slowly, France turned and touched the greasy fingers that grasped the material. Delacroix's eyes froze. Gasping, he grabbed his chest and fell dead. Without a backward look, the men walked out of the shack. Waiting for them on the porch were two well-dressed young assistants. France handed the boy to one and the newspaper drawings to the other. Be careful, he's covered with excrement and the papers are full of roaches. How's our time? Holding the child as though he had the plague, one of the young men replied, "'You need to be at the studio at twelve-thirty for hair and makeup, sir.' "'Can we do it? If we hurry.' "'What about you, Jack? Are you going to make your flight?' "'I'm fine. Flight doesn't leave until seven p.m., and all I have to do is go home and pick up my luggage.' "'Excellent.' France looked at the arm of his suit. On it was a brown stain. Peeling off the jacket, he dropped it onto the porch. "'I'll need a change of clothes.' "'A fresh suit is waiting in the car, sir.' Do we have disinfectant? There's alcohol in the first aid kit. I'd better douse myself with it. Carefully, the men made their way down a decrepit gangplank that connected the shack to a spit of land. Tied to a stump at the shore was a sleek military hovercraft. A boatman turned a key and the engine roared to life. A few minutes later, they were streaking down the bayou, blasting the cypresses with rotor wash. Behind them, the shack on the stilts was burning. In the bottom of the boat sat the little boy drawing perfect circles, and in the circles perfect squares, and in the squares intertwining lines and dots, dashes and loops, but no one noticed that all of the symbols had changed.